You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, now joined by the GOAT, Brian Jeffries. But we did I did not know this. Brian and I were talking before we came on. Brian has an illustrious football and basketball career as well, hence the jerseys behind him. Great one, please explain. Well, when I led the nation in touchdown catches, you know, 88 TD catches, and then in basketball, led the nation in scoring at uh, 48 points a game, you know, I was given the jersey. So you remember those years very well, don't you, Mike? I remember them very well, but I had forgotten your years, though, as a uh, closer and as Mm -hmm. a starting pitcher for the U of A. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, you know, I had an ERA of zero and never walked a batter in, in four years, so... I was going to say, was it was it the height on the mound, or were you uh, were you more of a control artist? What exactly was the greatness to your? Or what exactly was the key to your greatness? Um, Mark Fidrich. Oh wow! Taught like me the bird. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, is this one of these things where a magician doesn't reveal his secrets? Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, that's fair enough. That's you know, fair. Enough. It, it was, you know, it was a combination of the spitball, uh, the pine tar. Uh, the bubble gum, anything, you know, you could put on that ball. That that was my secret right there. All right. Do you, All still, right. Have, do you still have any of this memorabilia with you, though? I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah. Hang on here. I've got right. something. Um, what do we have? The oh, tricks to the trade. Sorry. We have a. This was the I think this was the 1986. Arizona baseball team that won the College World Series autographed, although they're a little faded, but um, should have taken better care of it. But uh, it was a used ball, by the way, game ball. Now, wow. Now that team, they, that team was obviously working because they knew about the greatness of Brian Jeffries on the mound. And you obviously were the one that kind of kickstarted that movement, right? Uh, Yeah. Right. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now, now that we've got Brian Jeffrey's athletic exploits out of the way, let's talk about some on the field stuff. Brian, um, coming into this year, I was optimistic about U of A football. I thought that they would win over five games, but I'll tell you one thing. I did not see this coming and Jed fish. Everything he said has turned out to be true. We've, I mean, we've been through a lot of coaching changes, a lot of different guys out here that have said, I'm going to do things the right way. We're going to build up, you know, all that stuff. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. His first year, he said, we got to get better on offense. Last year, you took care of that. This past year, he said, we got to get bigger defensively. And Brian, we, this team has the makings of almost a dominant defense at this point. Well, certainly so far you could say that, Mike, just based on the results they've had. And I know they haven't won every game yet, but they continue to improve. And a lot of it has to do with uh, the recruiting. They've gotten bigger. They've gotten deeper, uh, in particular on the defensive line. I think that's paid dividends early on. Now they still got some major tests coming up here, starting with Oregon State. Then you've got UCLA. You've got uh, Utah later on. And so I, I think that the final exam is yet to be completed, but I mean, so far, everything that, you know, Jed has said, and I think Johnny Nansen and his defensive staff get all the credit here for, you know, being able to build this defense to the point it is now. Uh, they, they've, been, they've been outstanding. That's all you can say. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking at a lot of the stats uh, today that uh, it, it amazes me how good they've been in certain situations. So, like I said, they've got some major tests ahead of them, and they're going to face a team Saturday night that, runs the ball probably as well as anybody and and has an equally good defensive front. So uh, Jed Fish said this game's going to be one in the trenches, and I certainly believe it. 
Well, let's talk about the trenches. The overhaul of the defensive line has been astounding. I mean, you look at, you bring in Taylor Upshaw, obviously, leading the team in sacks at five and a half sacks. Then on the other side, Isaiah Ward, a, a, a guy that they developed, obviously. Big Bill Norton from Georgia. Then again, Tyler Manoa, Tia Savea, Ty Tyuiagalele, Kangaika. It's kind of a rotating door right there, and there's not much drop-off. That, to me, is what's really impressive about all this. Well, it is. And, you know, last week or two weeks ago when the Wildcats last game, uh, Jacob Kangaika played an outstanding game. I think he's put two together here, and that's a name that not many people knew anything about other than he'd been in the program. And sure enough, now, again, it's his development. I think a lot of it has to do with that experience. You mentioned Upshaw. Uh, Norton. These are two guys that have played some a lot of college football before they got to Arizona. And so that's the advantage of the transfer portal. You know, Oregon State has done the same thing. They lost some of their key defensive guys from a year ago, went to the portal, brought in some some added help. But when you get guys that, that have played football, no matter if it's at your school or another school, uh, it only benefits you. And I think Arizona being able to add that experience has been a, a key factor. And then at the linebacker level, I mean, I know with Justin Flo, you pick up one end of the stick, you pick up the other. But at the same time, that one end of the stick is incredibly dynamic. You pair him next to Jacob Manu right there. And that's a pretty it's a pretty formidable little duo in the middle right there, Brian. Well, I, I think Flo started to play better. He started to understand this system. Right. And, uh, you know, he didn't play a lot at Oregon. He had some injury problems there. And, uh, you know, they had to really work with him early on this season to get him to understand Arizona's defensive schemes, the way they wanted it run. And he started to come on now and show why he was such a highly rated recruit. And Jacob Manu will continue to be my my favorite guy on defense, Um, not just because he's leading the team in tackles, uh, but he's an undersized linebacker and he plays with heart and he has a great love of the game. He's got a great nose for the football, as they say. And. Uh, you just you don't teach things like that. And uh, again, here's a guy that was overlooked by a lot of programs and Jed Fish saw the potential there and it certainly panned out. All right. Now, in the secondary, we're going to talk about that John because Johnny Nansen has obviously done a great job. There was a little bit of a soothing factor bringing uh, Dwayne Aquina back into the fold. You look at how the defensive backs are playing. And when I got to bother you it up at USC for a little bit, <laughs> I remember watching that game, though, from the uh, the box and saying, these wide receivers aren't getting open for USC. The defensive backfield has been absolutely outstanding, especially in recent weeks. Yeah, I think Dwayne Aquina gets credit for that. I mean, that's kind of his specialty. And that was probably, to me, the biggest question mark going into the season for the defense because they lost some key guys uh, from that uh, you know, that department. And they've been able to you know, develop some younger guys now that have really done a lot for them. I think uh, just to jump ahead to Saturday night, Oregon State's got two very fast receivers. Right. I don't think USC didn't have the speed that Oregon State has. So that's going to be the next challenge for the secondary is uh, they're big enough to cover guys, but Oregon State doesn't have big receivers. They have very fast receivers. So again, a key matchup on Saturday, as much as the Beavers love to run run the ball, they now have a quarterback that can throw. And if they get you into a situation 
uh, where they need to go deep, they've got guys that can get open. So just another fascinating part about this week's game. That's where it gets interesting for me because Silas Bolden, who you uh, you alluded to, obviously very good, very fast, but small. Arizona's uh, cornerbacks in Ephesians, Prysock, in uh, uh, Takario Davis, bigger dudes. More Brian Jeffrey size than Mike Luke size right there. <laughs> and so that's going to be an interesting little matchup right there. Mike Luke going against Brian Jeffries only on the football field. Well, if I can keep up with your speed, then, you know, I'm going to be in great shape because at my size, you know, I can blanket you, Mike, and and deny you the ball. So am I fast enough? That's the question you're asking. And that's only proven on the field. So uh, I'll meet you. What time do you want to get together? Maybe. Do you want a cheeseburger before or after? Uh, well, certainly after, not before. You're trying to slow me down with the cheeseburgers. So. I am. I'm trying to get as many carbs in you as I can right there, mm-hmm. Brian. Um, now, the running game, though, for Oregon State that you mentioned, obviously, Damian Martinez, it's a it's a different kind of running game. You got some big dudes back there. This is going to be a real test, like you said, for that front right there for Arizona because these aren't quick guys that you got to try to contain necessarily. They're coming right at you. You know, I think I counted, I don't have the depth chart in front of me, but I think Oregon State lists like seven tight ends. (laughs) Right. And they don't use them in the traditional way. I mean, they they will use them as a fullback. Uh, They certainly use them in blocking schemes, and that's one of the reasons that uh, Martinez uh, is able to run the ball effectively because they 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 have they're not a spread team like a lot of the Pac-12 teams you see. So it's a different scheme on offense. It's a, that's why it's a challenge for Arizona's defensive line and yeah, Martinez is really good, but uh, yeah, their size, again, experience up front. Uh, you, you take a look at that offensive line for Oregon State, all guys that have games under their belt. And I just think that pays big dividends. All right, Brian, what kind of sunglasses do you wear? What does the goat walk around Tucson in right now? Curious. Um, I don't know. I've got a couple of them. I've got, uh, I've got uh, some Nike uh, sunglasses. Um, I, I'm not a big brand guy, so I'm more worried about you know eye protection and that sort of thing. Well, Brian, if you're on the market for one, let me recommend one. You didn't ask for my recommendation, but you're about to Mm -hmm. get it right here. Shady Rays, Brian Jeffries, right here. This is the deal. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Brian, if you got a pair, it would be probably starting to go to that half million mark right there. We will talk about this later. I'm trying to hang on. I got to find a piece of scratch. Shadyrays.com. Shady Rays. Yes, exactly. All right. Shadyrays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off. Okay. All right. Brian. Always looking for good sunglasses. Exactly. You know what? I provided you the cheeseburger. Now I'm leading you to the sunglasses. That's what we're trying to do around here. Now, offensively, we got to talk about Noah Fafita because uh, this is, I stand, I'm as tall as Noah Fafita and um, watching him. Sure. He looks diminutive out there, but Brian, he has a total control of the offense. You can tell that if there's an easy play in front of him, he's going to take it. If a receiver's open, he's going to get it. It's really been remarkable watching him considering just how young he is the position as well. Well, second year in the program, I think that's helped a lot. Uh, certainly a student of the game, ready to go when he was asked to, and he's played exceptionally well these last three starts, was completed now in the season 75% of his passes, which, you know, that that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, all yeah. conference yeah. 
type right. of number right there. Uh, I mean, you, you can't ask any more from Noah what he's done so far. Uh, kind of a calming factor, I think, on the field. Uh, but there's a you know there there's a big question for Jed Fish now this week. Uh, Jane Delora is back at practice. I don't know if he's a hundred percent, but he's pretty close. Right, and he's ready to go. He can play on Saturday night. Right, so can Noah Fafita. So which way do you go? I mean, do you start the guy that's you know been in the program a couple of years, led you to some you know big wins? Do you do you stick with the redshirt freshman who's played very well over the last three weeks? You know, does an injury you know cause you to lose your job? Uh, do you play both guys? Do you start right. one? Uh, if he's not uh, effective, do you bring in the other one? Uh, Jed Fish was asked, uh, because Oregon State does this, they have a package for their backup quarterback. Uh, could Arizona do that? Could they have a package for the guy that doesn't start and bring him in in certain situations? It's it's kind of fascinating. I mean, the good news for the Wildcats is they got two very capable quarterbacks now. Right. And so not many teams can say that. Uh, the, uh, what would happen if Caleb Williams got hurt? I don't know. I can't remember the name of their backup quarterback. Oh, Michael you remember. Penix. You're just playing. You're being modest right now. You're being modest uh, right there, Brian. You remember. I, I I forget. Once the once Arizona's played a team, I, I forget everything about them because I got another team to figure out. So, well, uh, you know, what do you what? what uh, like I said, a lot of the teams don't have that luxury. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just think back, and again, I know that it's rare, but you think back to 98. I mean, they played really well off of each other right there. And, you know, honestly, there was no real uh, tension in that locker room. When Keith was on the field, OJ was supporting him and vice versa, and they were the better team for it. I mean, I know Keith Smith got the majority of the uh, snaps by the end of the season, but OJ had his moments as well, too. So, I mean, we have seen this before here, Brian. Oh, we have, and... You know, I guess traditionally coaches, you know, for one reason or another, don't like to play two quarterbacks. They they want that one guy. A lot of it has to do with practice because in practice, your number one guy usually gets at least 80% of the snaps during the week leading up to the game. Uh, he is considered the most prepared uh, because you just don't have that much practice time to get two guys equally ready to go. So how do you handle it? And again, that's a question only the coach knows, and no matter which way he goes with a starter against Oregon State, be it Jaden Delora or Noah Fafita, you know you're going to get a quality guy back there. And what I'm interested in is, does the whoever doesn't start, does he play, and right. and where do they use him? Uh, I, I think that's it, it's certainly going to keep Jonathan Smith and his staff guessing, because not that Arizona changes its offense a lot, no matter which quarterback is in there. Right. You've still got two guys that are a little different in their mm -hmm. styles. And so uh, they've got to be ready for that. That's to Jed Fish's advantage. That's why he's going to wait until game time to, you know, everyone will see who's going to start because that's the guy that's going to run out there. Jonah Coleman. Um, this this running back backfield is absolutely fantastic. Big fan of Michael Wiley. He's obviously done a lot of great things here. Um, you bring in Jonah Coleman. You talk about switching things up a little bit. It's a little bowling ball out there, Ryan or Brian. And at the same time, I was thinking of Ryan Hansen, Brian Jeffries. But uh, when you think about it, though, he really kind of wears defenses down a little bit. He's been a real uh, he's been a real spark plug for this team. Well, he has. And another great example of death. Mike Wiley goes out injured and, and Mike should be back this week. Uh, Coleman has just done wonders. Speedy Luke got in last week, had that big 40 yard touchdown run. Uh, interesting stat for you, Mike. Jonah Coleman has 11 offensive plays of 20 yards or more this season, the third most in the Pac-12. 
Okay. Wow. And he hasn't been a starter all season long. So, uh, you know, the 69 yarder, which he, you know, probably right. should have scored on up in Poland, right. but didn't, right. uh, it, it set up the Wildcats. So yeah, he's been great. Uh, like I said, having depth is probably the greatest luxury any football team can have. And Arizona having three quality running backs like that is, uh, is something again, a lot of schools envy. Well, and t- stop me if you've heard this before, but it seems like the depth on this team, and again, there's some positions too where, you know, it's not it's not great, but the depth across the board is fairly good. It's not like this is a fluky team that has just a really bad unit that some unit has to make up for. Across the board, the talent, especially in two and a half, three years, that to me is still the part that is just remarkable. And not all these guys were T-Mac five-star type guys. A lot of these dudes, like a Wendell Moe or a Jonas Sabinea up front, these were three-star guys that Arizona developed. Tanner McLaughlin kind of the same way, transferred from Southern Utah. So this staff has a real good ability to be able to find talent and develop it as well. Well, that's one of the big keys. And, you know, you go back to Dick Tomey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was Dick Tomey's strength is that, you know, he found guys that a lot of teams overlooked and uh, because he looked, he, when he recruited, he was looking for those players that just love football, okay? And, and you can develop a lot of things, but you got to have that love for the game. Right. And that's what he looked for. And I think Jed Fish has done the same thing. He's found guys that are football players. That's what they do. And uh, then you can develop them from there. And, uh, and so that depth has been, you know, tremendous to see, uh, to see it develop over the last couple of years. Uh, it's only going to pay more dividends down the road. And uh, that's why guys, you know, I think one of the keys now that they can use in their recruiting is if you come to Arizona, you're going to get a chance to play. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of schools that, you know, aren't going to do that. You look at the snap counts, Arizona on defense, I think in particular this year have gone down. You had guys last year who were averaging upper fifties, 60 snaps a game and and you just can't do that for 60 minutes every saturday and now you got guys in the 40s right snap counts in the 40s which means that you know you you get a chance to get a rest but you know you're going to get back into the ball game and and you know for recruits that's important brian have you ever had hero bread before have you heard of hero bread can't say that i have all right I've never heard of it either before this, but I've tried it. It's actually very, very good. Now, again, it's high fiber and ultra low carbs right there. Brian, this is something that maybe we should both use before we have our uh, one-on-one wide receiver cornerback uh, uh, play. Mm-hmm. But right now, Hero Bread is offering listeners 10% off their first order. Just go to Hero.co and use code PHNX to save on Hero Bread today. That's Hero.co to save 10% today. All right. Now, um, Brian, um, Oregon State, before we're going to do a little bit of basketball and then uh, we'll let you sign off. But Oregon State, this has been a really nice job that Jonathan Smith has done. I remember Jonathan Smith when he came in here. This is a pretty solid team across the board. And honestly, it's a pretty engaged fan base. Um, this is a this is a good, solid team. There's nothing Cinderella about Oregon State. They're a legitimate top 15 to 20 team. Absolutely. And I think uh, there's probably a chip on their shoulder for a couple of reasons. Uh, they're not being talked about nationally right now. When people right. look at the Pac-12, oh, Washington, you know, they're headed for the playoff. Oregon still got a chance to get there. Oh, Utah, uh, certainly in the mix because they're there every year. Oregon State's sitting at six and one right now. Right. Okay. They still have Washington and Oregon on their schedule. So you look right now. They got Arizona, Colorado, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon to finish right. out the season. So if they take care of business, guess what? They're going to be in Las Vegas. 
playing for the championship. And I, I, I think there are some people before the season that recognized what Jonathan Smith had done and, and said, hey, this is the dark horse team in the Pac-12. Were you one of those, Brian? Brian, I think you were. Uh, not really. No, I wasn't. I wasn't totally sold because I didn't know what their quarterback situation had looked like. Right. And obviously they fixed that. So uh, I'm a believer now, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I wasn't one of those who thought that they had a chance to win it. Uh, when the season started. So, yeah, it's it's just a really good team, very balanced team, and I think that's one of the important things. And the another area that sometimes we overlook is their special teams play. Their return game is outstanding. And so, you know, the, you, you've got to – this is a game where Tyler Loop needs nothing but touchbacks. That's mm-hmm. number one. And that Kyle Ostendorf needs hang time. Right. Uh, because I think those are two very important things to keep Oregon State's – uh, return game at bay. It's been solid so far this year. Do you think this is going to be more of a shootout? Um, what says what says Brian Jeffries? Yeah, I mean, based on the way these teams have played so far this year, I would say that's a a possibility. Uh, Oregon State's given up some points the last couple of ball games. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, look at that. So. Uh, you know, uh, to call it a shootout, that tells me that Arizona's defense isn't playing at the same level that it has here in recent weeks. Uh, but then you've got to give the opposition credit as well. Uh, this is a whole, as we talked about earlier, Mike, this is a whole different type of offense than the Wildcats saw two weeks ago. For sure. 1,000. Yeah. I, I mean, they did a great job against the run and shoot. Uh, can they do the same thing against a run-heavy team now in Oregon State? And then if, if the Beavers you know, get into third and long, they're going to go deep with those fast receivers. So, like I said, I think it's a a fascinating matchup. I'm not sure that you're going to see a shootout in this one. Uh, I just think both defenses have a lot of pride going in. So turnovers, it could could come down to something like that, field position, all kinds of things. So Brian Jeffries is predicting a 9-8 to score. Is this correct? (laughs) Uh, If Arizona wins 9-8, to I'll walk away happy. Yes, absolutely. All right. I want to talk Tommy Lloyd for a couple minutes here. Um, last year's team, I thought he did a remarkable job with last year's team. I know it didn't end well the way that everybody wanted it, but I looked at it and they were number two seed without a lock NBA player, not a ton of dynamic guys off the dribble. Um, and you were still a number two seed. This year you come in, this team is going to be incredibly tough. You got a lot of ball handlers. And I think that was on display against uh, Lewis and Clark. Um, I got to give Tommy Lloyd a lot of credit. Like I said, a lot of coaches, um, you know, just he would say, well, I'm 61 and 11. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think he knew that he needed a little bit more dynamic areas and a little bit more toughness. And I think that came through, or at least it showed in the uh, uh, exhibition. Well, look at the big picture. And, you know, Tommy's a very transparent guy. And, and he admitted, hey, look, I've only been a head coach for two years. I'm still learning to be a head coach. And he's not afraid to say that. Right. And so he took a look at last year and saw, okay, what, you know, there were more good than bad, but let's take a look at, okay, what do we need to be better at this year? And I think the number one thing was depth. Right. And, you know, Tommy admitted that, you know, they didn't go very deep on their bench last year and maybe it cost them in that game against Princeton. The guys looked winded in the second half. So he's built more depth now on this team, kind of like football has done. Right. And uh, I think he's going to distribute the the minutes more evenly. You're not going to see guys playing, you know, I, I don't know, you know, 35 minutes a game. Right. I, I think you're going to see guys playing maybe 28 minutes a game because 
uh, you're going to utilize that bench a lot more. And he's been very selective in his recruiting. Right. And so he's been able to find, you know, you get a, a Caleb Love, uh, you know, a guy that can score. You got Bradley, uh, who can do a little bit of everything. You get Keyshot Johnson, who, sees uh, mm-hmm. that guy. He's built like Brian Jeffries. Based on what I've seen so far, he could be, he, he could be a, the X factor on this team. And then you got Pella Larson, Umar Balo. I mean, you look at Philip Borovicinen, who had a great summer mm-hmm. and uh, could be the guy that you know hardly scratched the surface last year. I mean, all of a sudden, he could become a key guy in the rotation. So uh, I think they got a lot going for them. Very tough schedule. But again, they did it on purpose. You can lose to good teams, and it's not going to hurt you in March. Right. And so Arizona might take some lumps in some of those non-conference games. We'll see. And maybe they won't. But it's only going to help them get better. Does this remind you a little bit of loot with the scheduling? I mean, because this is really a gauntlet right here. You got Duke. You got Michigan State. You got Bama. You got Purdue. You can go on and on and on. It's very nice. I like it. Well, you know, I think scheduling has changed since since Lute Olson was coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, Lute was able, in that era, home and home was easy. I mean, right. you call another coach and say, hey, let's play. You do a home and home. And that happened all the time. Right. Nowadays, you know, teams don't want to travel. Uh, right. They don't want to play a road game, a tough road game. And quite honestly, look at Arizona's games this year. They're neutral court games. Uh, you know, they got Wisconsin at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, Purdue's in Indianapolis, but it, it's not on their home court. Right. So uh, nowadays, you know, these the, the people that put these games together, the you know, the corporations, TV has a lot more uh, to do with it. Uh, that doesn't mean that Tommy didn't want to play this. Absolutely. I mean, you call, you say, hey, look, uh, you know, I think Florida Atlantic's a great example. That was the right. last game added. And, uh, you know, somebody was putting a, that game together in Las Vegas and said Arizona. And Tommy's like, absolutely. We're going to play a Final Four team. We don't mind. Uh, so he took those games because he wanted his team to be challenged. Right. It's just a different way of scheduling these days that that I think, uh, you know, when Lute Olson was able to do it, and team and anybody back in that era. Uh, so now it, it's harder. It really, it's harder to get a home and home. You know, uh, Shire was willing to play a home and home. Yeah. Krzyzewski wasn't. Right. He would not come back to Tucson. He said, right. I'll play you on a neutral court, but I'm not going back to Tucson. And that's not good enough. And, Sorry. When you're Arizona, that's just Arizona yeah. carries its own weight right there. Yeah. So I, I, I think going forward, uh, Tommy's not going to, back off anybody i mean if you want to play he'll he'll play you tell me where and you'll go and so you know next year you get duke at home uh i don't know about you know most of those others are neutral court i i think they're talking about some uh neutral court return games maybe playing purdue and phoenix etc and we'll find out now are you excited to make your triumphant return to cameron indoor stadium be honest well okay here's a little inside story mike what do you got um I don't know if I'll be at that game. Really? Uh, Arizona football plays the next oh. day in Boulder. Oh. We don't, time, we don't know what time that game's going to kick off yet. I got you. So would you be calling it remotely then? No, no. I, I would find a uh, I would find a replacement for that game, which I've already been working on. So things are in motion. Can I take a uh, guess on who the replacement might be? Uh, I can't tell you. Even don't guess, please, because okay, fair enough, fair it's enough. not who you're thinking. So, okay, fair enough. All right, fair uh, enough. We'll wait and see. I mean, first of all, we got to find out the kickoff time in Boulder. 
that will be number one because getting from Raleigh to Boulder is a challenge. Right. Okay. And um, we're, we're, I, I'm looking at several options, but uh, if that's an early game in Boulder, uh, the risk of trying to get there, uh, right. football, this is football season. And so, you know, football is my number one priority right now. And if, uh, if it means making a choice, I'm going to be in Boulder. Right. So, and again, Deion Sanders and Duke, that would be a really fun 24 hours though for Brian Jeffries. Let's be honest here. If it works out. And like I said, we're working on some things and I'm getting some help. Uh, if it works out, uh, I'd love to do both, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to take the risk of right, you know, possibly sure. missing the football game. Uh, right. You know, basketball plays 30 games a year. Football plays, you know, 12 right. and, by the way, I, I think, yeah. My guess is I'm not going to say it, obviously, but my guess is not who you think that I'm going to say. Just putting it out okay. there, Brian. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you in uncertain waters as to what I think it could be. Just to, well, by the way, uh, Brian, before we sign off right here, before you sign off, because I still got to do a bunch of DraftKings reads. Let me ask you this: If I got you one of these cool back the A things behind me, would you put it mm-hmm. somewhere in the Brian Jeffries man cave? Uh, yeah, I've still got some space here. Oh, sure. very nice. Very nice. Find, find a spot here. I will order. Uh, th- I will. I will order this for you. Very excited. All right. All right. But Brian, as always, really appreciate your time, my guy. And again, salute. And again, would love talk about it. 24 hours. If it can work, Deion Sanders and Duke and Brian Jeffries, the Troika right there. Well, before we get to that, Mike, I, I'm going to get a See if I can get a hold of Gunnar Cruz. He's still, you know, with the Arizona football program, mm-hmm. uh, not in uniform anymore, but helping out uh, because we need somebody to throw the ball today when that's I true. blanket you and you have no chance. Yeah, but again, that's where you're going to need that hero bread, though, after to be able to recover from your broken ankles there, Brian. Again, I'm not going for the jump ball. I'm going for the quick movements. Ten passes, I intercept eight. Wow, but are there two touchdowns given up? <laughs> he's the he's the great Brian Jeffries again. Uh, check him out on uh, twelve ninety for every game. Brian, as always, really appreciate your time, my guy. Thanks, thanks, Mike. We'll see you. All right, talk to you soon. Brian Jeffries right there, everybody. All right, now Jacob Franklin's going to hop in here in a minute. We're going to talk all kinds of stuff, but first, DraftKings. Again, I got to read this whole, this is a very long DraftKings. All right, here's the deal. DraftKings has got the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game and win $200 instantly in bonus bets. All right. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available. Problem gambling? 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, uh, Louisiana. I've been to Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus uh, age uh, varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gambling resources. All right. I'm 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 going to go out here before Jacob Franklin hops in here. 
I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go on a limb and say, I'm telling you right now, Arizona is winning tomorrow. And the reason that this is so important right here is that Arizona has not been ranked since 2017. This is far too long, and it was only for a brief moment in time. It was a whisper in the wind. Whereas now, if Arizona wins this, you kind of get the sense that Arizona's not really going anywhere then at that point. This isn't like ASU where they're not going to, uh, you know, where it's like, eh, they're not good. Arizona is going to sustain this one as well. Now, TL, uh, and that is a huge deal right there. This is a great time also to be an Arizona sports fan right now. You've got Arizona basketball kicking up right now. Uh, pick to win the conference. You got Arizona football, which is on the verge of possibly being ranked. Meanwhile, you've got ASU basketball in the dumpster. You got ASU football definitely in the dumpster, maybe getting better. But this right now is the uh, time to be an Arizona fan because the gap between both programs is getting bigger and bigger. That's for you, my friend. Keck, we've missed you these last couple of weeks. You haven't been around. But um, again, this is an awesome time, though, and it's only going to get better. And the Diamondbacks are coming on here. That means that we have the great uh, Jacob Franklin coming into the uh, coming into the live stream. I'm adding Jacob Franklin right now to the live stream. Did you get my name wrong, Mike? I called you Jacob Franklin. Yeah, you stuttered though. No, I called. Maybe I called you Jeffrey Jacob Franklin. That's also accurate. Yeah, it is. Now we need to do say we do need uh, something in here to say you are not Keck. This is correct. No, I am not Keck. Keck can still comment. My hands are Keck. If you comment right now, people can see that my hands are totally not by a computer. Jacob Franklin has very large hands as well, being that he is six foot eight. All right, Jacob Franklin, we're going to get to a bunch of Diamondbacks because, again, this is your time of the year. You are a resident Diamondbacks expert on this show, by the way. Um, but so. you are. No, you absolutely are. Um, but first, Arizona, Arizona State football, Arizona bat or football. Are you worried that uh, are you worried that one is going in the right direction and one is kind of gravitating in the wrong direction, Jacob Franklin? I really the, that's an interest because like obviously Arizona is heading in the right direction, right? But I actually don't think ASU is heading in the wrong direction. Like obviously the, this is not the season that they're looking for. I do actually think that they might pick up their first FBS win this weekend against Washington state. Cause that's a team that's reeling right now on the road. They Washington, one of the most prolific offenses in the country didn't score a single offensive touchdown. They won that game on a pick six. Hmm. Like the, like the defense plays their ass off. <laughs> the offense just hasn't found a way to click. And obviously that's been a little bit of part of the, you know, your, your starting quarterback has been hurt all year on top of the fact that your backups, you know, are right. dealing with injuries. Like it's, it's hard to move the ball if you're not consistently getting great play out of the quarterback position. But I, like, I wouldn't say they're heading in the wrong direction. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's a fair assessment. That's not fair. I actually like Dilly. I think Dilly is a, a doing, I think Dilly, but Dilly also inherited a terrible situation right there. So again, I will tip my cap to Dilly a little bit on that one, but you've got to be excited about Arizona though, right now, Jacob Franklin. I am. I am. I am very, you know, hashtag back the A because I have to deal with you every single day. By the way, Jacob Frank, do I text you more than anybody else in the company? It's probably a toss-up between you and Espo. 
Oh, so your boss and the uh, the underling are in a competition. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he's my boss. What is the hot? What is? I, I see that as he's sitting right across from me. What is the hierarchy? Is it? Isn't it Saul and then uh, Espo, then Jacob Franklin? I mean, sure, you can call it what you want. All right. So are, all right, know, we all know it. We all know I run this place, Mike. That that is true. How about your parallel coworker? How about that? Yeah, my parallel coworker. We share an office. But either way, I am. But either way, if you guys are parallel, I am beneath it, though. So I take that as a badge of honor that it's about 50 50 with uh, me and the great Greg Esposito right there. So, again, good stuff, by the way, real quick. And then we're going to get some D backs talk right here. DraftKings pick of the week right now. Jacob Franklin, do you want to pick D backs to win the World Series? D-backs win the World Series, and you want to parlay that then with possibly an Arizona win against Oregon State. This is correct. Not feeling good about that one, Mike. Oh, you like or are you picking the Beavers? I am picking the Beavs. I have to say this: Oregon State has way more fans than I thought, and they are very boisterous. I appreciate Oregon State fans a great deal. Um, I got to give them. Uh, I got to give them a lot of credit right there. I did not know they existed. To me, they were kind of like Bigfoot. Until all of this, uh, the Big 12 stuff happened. And then I realized, I'm like, whoa, they would actually be a good fit in the Big 12. Maybe get rid of ASU and bring in Oregon State. That's kind of what I've been saying. But, you know, just, just there. You can't get rid of us, Mike. You'd miss us too much. I would miss you. That is true. And that might, that might mean my test. I'd probably test. stop producing your show out of spite. Oh, oh. Well, you got to back the oh, A then on that right. one. No. Would you put it back the A? Uh, like Brian Jeffries said, he would put one up there, the GOAT. Would you put one in there? No chance. All right. Let's talk some D-backs because, again, I am super, super happy for you. Unlike you, I was alive in 2001. and I was I st- alive in 2001, Mike. How old are you, Jacob? I was four in 2001. How old? Oh, I thought you were like 23. How old are you? I'm 26. Okay, 26. All right. All right. But it was really – it was probably the coolest moment in – that and uh, the Suns reaching the finals under Charles Barkley were probably the coolest pro sports Arizona moments that I've ever seen here. And again, you had the dominant pitching right there. And it wasn't necessarily the surprise that this year's team is, which kind of make it a little bit better for you right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I have a lot of blind optimism in the Arizona Diamondbacks just about year in or year out. I'll probably tell most people that there'll be a 90-win team, whether they're going to win 50 games or whether they're actually going to win 90 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say that they were going to be a 90-win team this year. and Did you really? I, I did, and I stand by that fact because they have officially won over 90 games after the right. playoffs. So, I, and, and a lot of people, what I tell people is a lot of people forget that this team was 41 and 25 at the right. beginning part of the year. Like they were one of the best teams in baseball and they went through absolutely what can be defined as quite possibly a historic collapse. And that's mm-hmm. why they ended up with only 84 wins. But I, I do think that what the team that you're seeing now in the playoffs yeah. is the team that you saw at the beginning of the year. Like they are a very, very, very talented baseball team. You know, what's exciting too, is that they're kind of built to last this doesn't really feel like something that's going to be like a one-year flash-in-the-pan type situation. I think, sure. that's an, I think that's another thing that's really exciting about this, too, is the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, to me, are a lot like the Braves, a lot like the Cardinals in this way, in that you built it the right way. You drafted well. You didn't sign a bunch of overpriced players yeah. that are past their prime. They yep. really did this one the right way there, Jacob Franklin. Yeah, I've I've said this for the, the past five years. The, the organization that most teams should probably try and emulate is the Atlanta Braves. Right. What, what they've done with that uh, that system, growing homegrown talent, and then you know 
trying to secure them at the beginning of the year, like you, or the beginning of their careers, right? You you sign Ronald Acuna when he's 21 years old right. for eight years, a hundred and something. Like that's a kid that if you waited one more year is probably making three hundred million dollars. Like he's getting Bryce Harper money at that point. Yeah. So 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 you, I mean, he's an MVP candidate perennially, and you're paying him twenty million a year, which is significantly less than you know Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Trey Turner. Right. any of those guys like it's it's pretty crazy to to think about the fact that that seems to be what mike hazen and and, and company are trying to do here um right. for the d-backs they you know they signed corbin before the season started and i had a couple friends text me like how'd they just sign a kid for 100 million dollars that only played 32 games in the baseball last year like and it's like right. well i texted them you know after i think it was after <laughs> i bet the, you've been spiking the football the nlds and i was like so are we still sure that that contract wasn't a good idea like it's <laughs> Like yes. it just seems to be in like you, you, it's not even just Corbin, right? You have Gabby, Gabby Moreno yeah. for another six years and you like before he even hits arbitration, right. like he's not even signed. And, and, you know, Brandon fought looks like he's turning into basically what everybody anticipated him to. Um, I'm super stoked. I'm going to game three. He's going to be the starter in game three. I'm super Are you taking excited. that. So you're taking that day off then, right? No, actually, I'm going to come into work and then I'm going to walk from work just across the street to the the stadium. So, but you're off. Um, but you're off the clock during that game, though. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I will God. not be responding to texts. <laughs> I will probably be putting down a tall boy and having maybe a Polish dog with some kraut. So, if I message you and saying, "Hey, can I get this clip up?" This will go unresponded. Yeah, I'm probably not going to respond to you. Which <laughs> I apologize, Mike. There's been a lot of that recently. It's been pretty hectic around here. Dude, trust me. I get it, man. This is an awesome time for PHNX right there. I mean, that's the best way. Also, great time to become. Is there ever been a better time to become a PHNX diehard than right now? No, honestly, no, this is this is the high. I mean, you got Suns basketball just kicked off, almost beat the the Lakers, probably should have beat the Lakers last night, yep. even without Booker and Beal. Like they were not outmatched at all. I think that they probably lost that game more than the Lakers won. Neither team really wanted to win that game for the longest time. Um Coyotes look like they quite possibly could be a dark horse playoff contender. Right. U of A's on the up and up in both basketball and football. And it's hard to say. I mean, like basketball being on the up and up is impressive considering they've only lost 11 right. regular season games the last two years. Uh, I mean, risings in the playoffs. If you're a, a footy fan, um, it's so it's a, it's a great time around here. Yeah, and you got they got cool merch right there as well. Obviously, access to the Discord chats, access to uh, Jacob Franklin's personal text message. I'm just kidding. You don't actually get that. But um, all kinds of good stuff right there. And we need to talk about we got a pregame show coming up today and a postgame show. This is correct, right? Yes, 4.30 pregame, postgame will be following final out probably 10 to 15 minutes after. Um, and they've been rocking. Yeah, it's almost I think they've, they've gotten to about 700 people on, on a majority of those shows. And and it's a really great time. I mean, after the NLCS clinch, they went for two hours. So they're they're enjoying themselves as they should, considering when we started, they were covering a team that won 51 games. Well, right, exactly. And the cool thing about it is when you because uh, I've uh, I've uh, tapped into a couple of uh, tapped into a couple of them. And the way that the comments again, I'm telling you, people, you need to hop in there. The way the comments are rapid fire and the way that these <laughs> two guys, the way these two guys love what they do. That is the coolest thing. When you go two hours and like you said, because I watched that one, when you go two hours and there's no like looking at the clock or, you know, anything like that, these guys embrace it again, support Derek, support Jesse, because, again, they deserve this time in the spotlight right now as does jacob franklin 
Yeah, I haven't done too much of that. I've produced pregames here and there. Um, I'm not producing pregame today, but yeah, I, I've produced some pregames here and there. I did a postgame, um, a lot of production stuff for me lately. All right. Yeah, I got you. Real quick, though, because Jacob Franklin, he doesn't strike me as somebody having a hard time with sleep, but if he did, I would recommend OGs, Jacob Franklin. Check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at OGsBrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. Get the multi-flavor bag right there. Very good I str- stuff. I struggle to sleep for other reasons, Mike. Yeah, is there anything going on? You got any family news or anything? I mean, I've got a nine-month-old child. I, I was, how many? Uh, how many kids do the Franklins want to have? I know I asked you this, but I forgot. Is there? A, is there a number? Two? Just one you, more. You want to get a? You want to get a pitcher in there, don't you? I mean, I, I'm good with either a boy or a girl. I, I mean, and, and 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 my current child is about as tall as you can get. She's 98th percentile for height. So. Get her paired up with my sister and my brother-in-law, and and she's got D1 written all over her. Hey, guess who was in the 98th percentile in height until 7th grade? Mike Luke, do not put that into the universe. No, I was. I was, and then I stopped growing. I thought I was going to, because my dad's six foot. I'm not. Um, And I was very, I did not hit the genetic lottery like Jacob Franklin did right there. But you know what? Jacob Franklin deserved to hit the genetic lottery on that one. So on that note, though, uh, Jacob, we're very excited that Jacob has a camera now because that means that Jacob will be added to the stream from time to time. We won't overwork Jacob. If I right? can, if I can. Mike, right. the contract was once a week, and don't break that. This has only been once a week. This was twice this week. I did add you. That is that is correct, yes. But by the way, did you see people in here? Multiple people called you the great Jacob Franklin. Yeah. It's catching did. on. All right. All right, everybody. But like I said, check out the D-backs today. Uh, pre-game and post-game. Follow them at PHNX underscore Diamondbacks right there. We are going to have the post-game tomorrow. Uh, Arizona, Oregon State, probably about 1045 or so, something like that. And uh, But as always, so you late. guys are – what's that? It's so late. Hey, dude. I mean, like I said, man. Like, hey, and the sun – and why did the Sun Devils get an early start? They stink. Because people like watching us, Mike. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, man, sometimes it's not easy to back the A, but on that, but like I always say, if you didn't back the A when we sucked, don't back the A now, but still watch PHNX Wildcats and show up to the games. But on that note for the great Brian Jeffries, the great Jacob Franklin, I am merely Mike Luke. Appreciate all of your guys support. We will be back with you on the post game tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. (laughs) 